let's just jump into this wonderful topic called kindness. What does it mean to you? How does it link to mental and emotional health? And where did you learn about it? I think in terms of first encountering it, I always remember my nana and granddad, my, my mother's parents, who were always exceptionally kind to people. And it didn't matter who they were. Um, they had the same very welcoming attitude to giving their time to anybody, either in conversation, in practical help, in explaining things that they knew about that other people didn't. Um, and yeah, I think for me that had a big impression on me as a, as a child and I, and I spent a lot of time with them as a teenager. I used to go and stay in the school holidays in the summer for as much of the school holidays as I could. And um, my granddad, I suppose part of it maybe came from, I'm one of six kids, so and my dad really loves sport and I can't stand sport apart from uh, sport. So he was very, he spent a lot of time with my oldest brother and a lot of time with the smallest brother. We were both really into sport. But when I went to see my grandparents, my, my granddad would let me help with things. So he was a really good woodworker and he used to let me help and actually do things and learn things by doing things whereby, well, in contrast to at home where dad was doing a job, you had to stay away and not get in the way and be a hindrance and slow him down. Um, and, my, and my nana, again, like I say, she was just, she was just lovely, a really friendly, giving person. And it always struck me that they were very warm and that, you know, I would like to be like that, even if I didn't really phrase it in my head like that. They were the kind of people that I liked and that I wanted to be around and, you know, they were, they were my favourite people in the family. Um, so I, I think that's my earliest experience and then it is that experience of, of generosity as well as kindness. You know, this ability to give without seemingly worrying about it, wondering what would happen, expecting something back, just really giving in a genuine way. Yeah, I think I'd probably say that actually where I first encountered it was, you know, family life as well. And actually grandparents is probably a, a very apt um, uh, place to see it because, you know, I remember my, um, my gran and papa, as we called them, they were just like, just such classic Scottish old people. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I think if, you, if you've encountered them, you know what I mean. Um, they were just, you know, my, um, my gran worked in the mill in Deanston, which is now the Deanston uh, Whiskey Distillery. Um, and my uh, papa had a whole bunch of jobs from being a coal man to um, a welder and everything else in between. Um, but are just, were just so genuine people. Like there was just no there was no two sides to that they were just who they were and um 
you know, all the way up to the till uh, when he died, my papa would speak to every single person with just complete like expectation of kindness from him and kindness in, in response. You know, it didn't really matter who he was speaking to. It was often massively embarrassing as a, as a child when you're walking anywhere with him and he's speaking to absolutely everybody. Um, but I think seeing that is the kind of early example of um, that, you know, you can just, being kind to people generates really positive experiences around you. You know, people are friendly and smiling and, and more relaxed. Um, and then you know, definitely, if, um, you know, with my mum, it is also exceptionally kind. And she, she would really heavily uh, play that into us when we were growing up, much to my kind of resistance at times. Um, you know, if you've not got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, was, was one of our, our favourites. Um, and it, always, it was always that kind of thing of, you know, be kinder, be kinder. You know, you could be kind in this situation. So that was definitely a heavy influence. Um, but I actually don't think it was until I got much older that I realized the, the power in, in, in kindness and that um, it is really the, one of the most like generous gifts I think you can give people is just to be kind to them um, because everyone's got really hard lives um, and it doesn't matter whether you're super successful, your hardships are still focused on whichever, you know, whichever environment you're in. Um, and so I think that, it's something that you realize is actually just a gift. It's not, it doesn't have to be asked for. And actually the best time to be kind is when it's, when it's not expected um, or it's not, um, it, you know, it kind of comes unwarranted. Um, and that actually it opens up so many opportunities for you is that you build really authentic and trustworthy relationships with people. Um, I think when you are kind to them, it opens up, it opens them up in a way that sometimes, um, you know, we, otherwise we can be kind of closed up. You know, it's a very, it's a very quick way in which to, to build a relationship with someone. Yeah, and I wonder as well, you know, thinking about those early experiences and then of instances as a, as a grown man where people have been genuinely kind, you kind of expect people to be kind to children, don't you? Because they're children. But, <laughs> And I know that's not, that doesn't follow in lots of lives, but, you know, it, it seems less remarkable in a way than when I first moved to Scotland, quite a hard few years and um, mostly, mostly self-inflicted from choices that I took. Um, and I ended up really struggling with some mental health issues. Um, and I had moved away from all my family and friends in England because of religious complications. There were, there were no ties to them in terms of support. So I, I found myself a, a bit adrift with, you know, no framework for the world. And also when I got myself into this sort of um, uh, troublesome period in my life, I didn't really have anybody to lean on. And there was a guy that I worked with who would be in his 50s then. Um, and he was from Port Glasgow, if anybody knows where Port Glasgow is. It's, uh, it's not an easy place to be from. And it produces very tough characters. 
and um, he it's funny we were talking in our last episode about being a gentleman and he had a lot of the qualities that you would expect from a gentle person but at the same time had been known to be involved in fisticuffs and rough and ready behavior and wasn't proud of it but he was you know he wasn't ashamed of it either it was part of his upbringing who he was but anyway um i found myself in this situation at work where i was really struggling and i was off with depression and some of the effects of that and um and he basically lift you and it and it's always made me think of you know when you see a lion get hold of its cub by the scruff of its neck and they just sort of lift it out of the situation and transplant it to safety that's kind of what he did because i was in no state to like sort myself out and he and he did he just lifted me out of the situation he he him and his partner took me in in their house out of Glasgow for a while, good couple of weeks, and just looked after me. They didn't put any pressure on me to do anything, to be anything, to give anything back. They just looked after me and they were kind and they were giving and, and gave me space. And in a lot of ways, it kind of saved my life. Um, and it also, like you say, Bruce, just opened up new channels of communication that I had partly closed off myself and other people had closed off and, and you know lots, lots of people really struggle if you've if you've got a mental health issue going on they don't know how to treat you whereas he was very brave and very open and and didn't really worry but I, and I think he treated me in a way where he knew that he wasn't going to do any damage. So he was able to be confident in being open and supportive and, and, and um, realistic as well. You know, he didn't try and avoid the situation uh, that I was in and he didn't, he didn't do that super positive, it's all going to be marvellous stuff. It was just real and genuine and... Uh, and allowed me to start again i suppose and to have and to start developing a world view that included me in that um but the point i was trying to get to in a very roundabout long-winded way there was that as an adult it's always felt very surprising to me that somebody can give you the gentleness and kindness of, of looking after a child when you're a grown-up. Um, and, and I think it really does ring true what you're saying about openness and, and the opening of channels of communication and building rapport and building relationship that's strong and, and, and on a really good footing. So yeah, I, I, so I've always found it stunning that people do these things to other adults that they don't really, they don't need to do. There's no family responsibility. There's no, there's nothing in it for them. They just do it and it's lovely.
So I'm just listening to you guys talking about this and um, with a lot of these talks, I suppose something is just evoked and then comes up. And I was th thinking about my life growing up as a child during the 70s. And I must admit, I, I would like to have said I grew up in a very kind and supportive environment. But it didn't feel like that. In fact, the word that came up for me was brutal. And um, because I suppose, you know, we came in here in the 70s, parents had come over and they were, they didn't, you know, they were struggling to make it. Uh, they, were, they were struggling to make a, a life for themselves and survive. And we were, let's face it, we were in, kind of pretty working class area where you know you're struggling as a child and then you're struggling with all the other kind of issues especially at that time of the 70s I mean my children now live in a very different world from me completely different um, and and I suppose I was trying to think of instances of kindness and I suppose for me I, I've only kind of been able to distinguish, as it, distinguish it as kindness many years later. In fact, sometimes decades later. And I've thought that teacher that was a certain way with me at school and actually sat down and sat down and went over maths with me. He didn't need to do that. He was doing that out of his normal school time. And this guy sat down and did that. Or when I... I was getting hit around by some bullies at school and some guy waded in and just decimated these guys and I sat back and went and I, and, and I didn't quite and I was very grateful but I thought you know why why did he do that and I and I suppose now decades later I'm seeing that there was some kindness in that and maybe that's what our natural state is that underneath it all if we really have the power to do something that we can use it. I don't think everybody's like that because not everybody did. But um, I think for me, that's, it's, it's like the, these rare instances where people did show kindness and you remember them forever. And I was, before I came on here, I was, I was thinking, you know, you guys were going to be, I knew you guys were going to be talking about kindness and generosity. And I, the, a big influence on me as I was growing up was Muhammad Ali in the 70s. And he was one of these rare examples I could see of somebody with strength, but also kindness, where he could be gentle and he could be kind, and he seemed to be able to marry the two in a way that I, you know, and I always responded to that. And years later, um, decades later, I got a chance to meet his trainer, Angelo Dundee and it was a great experience and I got a chance to interview the guy uh, it's a long story I won't go into that but basically one of the things I remember that he said to me was that um, you get a lot out of being harsh with people but you get much much more by being kinder and I don't know if you use the word kindness or or you or might use the word niceness he was one of these really tough, you know, Italian-born kind of like guys from New York, you know, and all this kind of thing. He was like one of these kind of guys. And um, 
but you know, but he he basically said, look, you get a lot out of being nice to people. And um, I, I don't know, I guess that's one of the things I realized that it's something about, like Tim was saying about this guy that picked him up when he needed picking up. And I, I'm sure there's a part of him that got something out of that as well. That nurturing part that he got to nurture someone and got to see them develop and 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 come into their own being in some way. I, I'm sure that there's something somewhere where he needed to do that as well. Not just needed to do that, but maybe as part of us that we need to do that for everybody. So I think the thing about kindness for me is that it's it's something something about that that you know if we if we all had enough money if we all had enough whatever it is we think we need to survive what would we be what would our natural what would we be like and i think we would be kind and we'd wanted we want to do that but we're always thinking i need to make enough money i need to do that and make enough this i need to do you know once we realize we don't we've got enough we are enough then i think we can you know we can then that that natural kindness i think comes out and yeah i i guess that's you know that's there i guess but being able to find the right state where you can bring that bring that out and 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 let that be i think that's like although anyone can be kind sometimes it's like you need to have a privileged position in order to give someone your kindness um and you know it could be in a situation where you feel as though um you know whether it's someone stepping in um to to deal with a bully or any of that kind of stuff sometimes it can feel as like you know i certainly feel sometimes when i'm helping people is that like i can like i just can like i've got the space to help you i can do it it, it won't actually it, it might be a massive gesture for you but it could be a really small gesture for me just to step in or just to add my voice into the conversation, you know, just to, you know, to sway in a different direction because at this moment in time, I've got enough, I feel strong enough to do that. Um, Cause I think that's such a, such, such a true point about if we all had more abundance, we'd be, we'd all be more kind, but because we're fighting in a capitalistic scarce world where resources are scarce, what do we do? We fight for things and we, save we almost like save kindness as a currency rather than doing it out of just genuine desire which actually funnily enough all the rich people i know all, all have foundations and they all spend most of their time giving all their money away because that's what they really want to enjoy doing in the first place that's so on point and nadim i just i cannot believe you were you went before me because I was worrying that the experience you shared, basically I had the same experience and I thought I am going to be like this outlier between all of you um, and I'm going to say something that is completely outrageous. So I, as I was listening to the conversation, I was thinking, considering the background where I come from, Poland, uh, my parents came from nothing. They were very, very young. They were struggling financially for everything. They, were, they had it really, really hard. We haven't been living in a good uh, neighborhood. There were fights, crime, um, 
poverty, um, you know, at school people beating each other. I was in fights myself. Um, you had to be tough to survive. You had to kind of just every day was, was a fight to survive, pay your rent and everything. We didn't really have a chance to be kind. And I was kind of thinking that I was listening and at the same time trying to picture, have I experienced kindness then? And I had to say, no, I did not experience any kind of kindness for the first maybe 20 years of my life. Like maybe I'm forgetting it because it's been, you know, a while and I'm, you know, getting old. But in general, I was literally spending about, you know, whatever, 20 minutes of the, the, this, this chat and thinking, do I remember one time when somebody did something kind from that, you know, a, a period? And I couldn't think of one, um, which is, I felt embarrassed or, or kind of, you know, shocked by just the, the fact of this happening. But then I kind of started to think, okay, when I actually was began began to see some kindness in my life, and again, that happened um, when I when my father passed away, and I learned about death and how fragile life is, and I started to understand other people how they might be dealing with different problems like cancer, um, health issues, and I I. I I kind of shifted my focus away from myself to other people. And as I shifted that focus to other people, I was able to feel their pain a little bit and experience my own kindness towards them or experiencing people's kindness towards me in certain situations. But until that point, there was nothing. And I totally agree that when we get this abundance and when we have our mo most important needs taken care of, then we, we can kind of be more kind. And uh, I see it now where I can, I've got a little bit more money. I've got a little bit more better life. I'm already trying to reach out to people who, um, you know, have less than me. Yeah. I, I... <sighs> I'm not sure I completely agree with this because some of the some of the acts of kindness I have seen between other people in my life are from people who have nothing and are and are kind to other people. And I, and I think maybe Nadine, what you were saying is that we would be more naturally kind the more we have. So maybe it's more rather than there's no room for it. I think lots of people who have nothing and you wouldn't expect to be able to give anything, give their time, give their attention, say the right thing um, at the time when it's needed. So for me, maybe it's about, is it about selflessness? Is it about being content in who you are and therefore able to do that or are the two disconnected I mean I, I think about it from the other from the other point of view so what stops me being more generous at the moment in my life and I, I've always volunteered throughout my life and for the last few years 
Um, I haven't done any volunteering and I really miss it. And I was really annoyed by COVID because at the beginning of March, I was supposed to start doing um, a bereavement counselling course so that I could volunteer for a bereavement support organisation. It's all been cancelled and it's not looking like it's going to happen. It's really frustrating. Um, but the, the, one of the things I have let get in the way of that is this sort of saying, like, I've got a young family, I need to spend time you know, looking after the kids, being present for the kids, um, earning money so that we have a house to live in. But really, you know, looking back at the last four or five years where I've not been involved in, in giving something of my time in a supportive way, I could have fit it in. I, I, I would have had to move some other bits of the jigsaw around and I would have had to pay more attention to managing that in my relationship with my wife, who's the mother of my little children. But I could have done it. So I have allowed that feeling of I don't have enough time to get in the way of doing something that's a really important thing for me. Um, so, you know, I think the goalposts have changed a bit. We all have very busy lives. We all have this, you know, ongoing rampage of everybody else's life and what they're doing paraded in front of us mm. all the time. So I think, you know, maybe our expectations of, of what we need are a little bit more skewed these days and get in the way. But yeah, for me, I think we can, we can easily let things get in the way of giving. Mm. And, and is that about generosity or kindness? And are the two the same thing or interlinked? Because for me, setting up a foundation and giving money away is lovely and it's generous, but it, does, it isn't necessarily kindness. Um, and that, you know, that's, I would need to know the individual's concern to, to have any kind of appreciation of whether they felt it was out of kindness or, or just, you know, the ability to share their abundance. And it's lovely, whichever way it is. But for me, kindness is, is much smaller and much, it's much more involved in human interaction um, rather than giving materially, I think. I would, I would certainly say that I think we can all um, we can all probably say that when someone has done something in a small act, very unexpected, it's much more, you know, those are the things you can carry with you versus like necessarily a, a massive big gesture in of itself. Um, but I also, I suppose before when I was saying about having um, having more space to, in order to, to give, it doesn't have to have anything to do with wealth um, or, or money, I think, because I think as we all absolutely can see is that some some of the poorest people are the most selfless and and kind for sure and what i mean is more like like an energy reserve is sometimes what you need in order to be able to give rather than just you know literal material wealth i think that you know even if it's just because you've had an experience where someone's done that to you and you've built that up as a thing that you can now pass on and share and kind of like pay it forward if you if you like um, but I, I think that, you know, we've also got to think about 
um, being kind to ourselves because you know I think that we have often so many external things that we think about but you know you tell me you're talking about you know yourself and your family and that you know maybe there's a sense in like you know the prioritization of who I'm going to be kind to in order to have the space to be kind to be more kind to other people in the future is need to make sure that we're we're good to ourselves I, I certainly know I mean I'm, I think I've spoken about this before but you know I'm trying to catch that self-critical voice in your head and thinking you know why am i why am i harsher to myself in my own head than i am to anybody else um and that i would often rephrase things if i was speaking to someone else in order to be you know more considerate but that i'm pretty brutal when i'm speaking to myself um i'm trying to remind myself to you know to be nice to myself too because uh it's the it's the company I'm going to be keeping for for the rest of my life. So, you know, I do think that there's um, and balancing the fact that actually, just because um, you know prior, prioritizing myself sometimes is more important for the long term rather than what just the immediate might others in the immediate might feel is expected of me. If that makes sense. You know, when you when you when you're all talking about wealth and everything and. Uh, and how that's not necessarily linked to uh, kindness and what we can give away. And I, 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 I couldn't help but we, I used to have a, we used to have a little shop in Springburn and it was like a little grocery store, typical kind of, you know, Asian sort of store, used to stay up until 12, 10, but we had no toilet in it. So my granddad would take me round to somebody's house and I remember that to use the bathroom, he would take me around to some, and it was an old guy, blind guy, who had like a wind-up radio. And, I, and I, I was talking to my wife the other day, and I was thinking, I had forgotten all about this guy. And I, this guy would let us come around to his house, an old man, blind, probably been dead for decades now. And the house was kind of like, you know, it wasn't particularly well looked after, but he would give us that space, and he would let us use his bathroom. I mean, I suppose that's a kindness. And I, I just remembered this guy, like, you know, because we're talking about the subject of kindness, I'm remembering him about four decades later. I remember this guy, you know, and um, he had nothing to gain from us, you know, um, but he let us, let us do that. And he didn't really have anything to get away. And I'm remembering this guy four decades later. So, you know, what can I say? I mean, you know, um, there's a saying that, you know, kindness to others is the rent we pay for our time on earth, um, you know, so the point of that is, it's, but when you're talking about kindness, it's like, I, I, I've not been, I mean, I don't know if, you know, I've not never been in a, in a sort of, very rarely ever been in a situation where I've gone, oh, wow, that's so kind of you. Thank you so much. I'll remember this forever. It's, it's, it's been like decades later or years later, or I thought, wow, that guy didn't need to do that. Uh, you know, he didn't need to do that. In fact, I phoned, while I was at university, I, uh, I you, know, we, you know, part of our thing was examining people and I would freeze up, you know, when I, I would be surrounded by the Lancelot Sprat types with a bow tie and everything, you know, consultants, hello there, you know, um, you know, you know, examine this abdomen. You know, I would absolutely freeze, and uh, and 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 uh, 
one of the guys, one of the friends, uh, one of the guys there, very nice chap, he, for some reason, took me aside and said, look, let's just practice this stuff together. And he did not need to do it. There was no need for him to do it. He was quite good at it already, but he would take me aside and do this. Anyway, um, I remembered this guy like about two decades, three decades later, and I found him and he said, this guy's a, if he's, if he's watching this, his name was Bobby Clafferty, Dr. Robert Clafferty. He's a psychiatrist now somewhere, but very nice chap. And um, I found where this guy was and I phoned him up and he was like shocked to hear from me. And I said, look, I just wanted to say thank you for what you showed me that time. You didn't need to do that. There was no need for you to show me how to do everything and take that time. And I just wanted to say thanks and acknowledge you for that. And he was like, okay, thanks, great. Made my afternoon, that's great. And that was the end of it. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think a kindness, just what can I say? It's something that I will say, I carry around with me. It's something that I remember uh, and where that's gonna, I don't know, I guess, um, you know, what, what you do with it, I don't know. I, I certainly think, I'm begin I realize now that Kindness is not a business anymore. It's not like I do this for you, I'll get this back. You know, maybe, maybe at a certain time in your life it might have been when you were kind of developing, but I realize now that that is not kindness. That, that's business, that's economics. And that as I get older now, I realize kindness is like you see, you, you do it, you, you have no idea whether it'll go anywhere. Or, or in, in Punjabi, there's a phrase, take kindness and stick it down the well. I don't know if there's a Scottish version of that or a Polish version of that. <laughs> Probably is. But um, I guess that's that's what I'm realizing now, that kindness is something that, something that comes out from within. You, you give it away. You, you just give it away. And I guess eventually we give everything away. You know, even eventually we're going to have to give our bodies away and, and, and give them back to the ground and, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that has anything to do with kindness, maybe generosity, or maybe some of us are going to have it forcibly taken away from us, kicking and screaming. But maybe it's better to just let all of that go when we finally get to that time, you know? Mm-hmm. Sorry, Alan, <laughs> you were going to say something. Yeah, well, first of all, you know, obviously kindness is very positive and those kinds of memories, they come and come back after years and yeah, they make life worth living, you know, they are special, we remember people and, and sometimes they help us in very difficult moments or just this in this particular toilet one, it was kind of very practical for you. Um, because I can mm. see this as a real problem and I'll give you an exact example with the toilet because it just inspired me from the days when I worked in the rest, restaurant business. Um, but before that, I have to say, uh, what is integral part of the conversation of with when, when we're talking about can, kindness is that what do you do in a situation where you really you are kind or you want to be kind but you are being taken because some people will take advantage of your kindness and um, so my example with the toilet is that when I worked in restaurants as you know there are some restaurants who will not allow anybody to use the toilet if they're not a customer and uh, I would be a manager, a manager on the shift and somebody who's not a customer would show up to the restaurant and they would say, could I use your toilet? 
and then you have the um, opportunity to be kind and let them do that. And you know, the cert there are certain situations where you just like, you don't really want to, but you wanna be kind and you let them in. However, a couple of times it happened that you let someone to the toilet and they either absolutely demolish the toilet and I'm, I don't wanna even describe it visually to you what that means, or they use drugs and you would find syringes in the toilet. So, what do you do in those kind of situations where you're trying to live your life with those high values, morals, being kind and letting, letting people, giving them your trust, and then they, you know, use it and you were not expecting to get anything in return, but at the same time, you might actually get hurt, you might cause damage. And uh, yeah, some people are just taking the, you know, what? I think that's tough um, because I, I, I certainly know that in my experience of uh, work and in, in business that occasionally people um, misconstrue, you know, kindness, politeness, values, purpose with like being soft in some way and, and the idea that, you know, they can steamroll over you as a result of that. Um, and I suppose back to what I was saying before is if I let them do that, then I really wouldn't be kind to me and I wouldn't be kind to the, the people that I work with. Um, and so I almost are able to adopt a different um, persona in those situations because I'm being kind on behalf of myself or other people and I'm potentially being protective um, of that. Um, so I think that that's the, I suppose the only thing I would, is it's okay to, it's okay to nuance maybe your response in different situations. Um, but I actually find that um, that kindness and being kind of authentic with it um, consistently, even in the face of uh, people who are being very cynical, even um, it, it's just it's just to keep doing it anyway. Um, you know, it's like almost that um, uh, um, I forgot what the term is um, where you're. Um, it's like you're kind of universally. Um, kind to everyone. It's, it's like I've forgotten what the term is. They use it in schools quite a lot. Um, you have to teach. You have to treat everyone with unconditional positive regard. Um, and I think that if you if you take that on, is that you constantly unconditionally give people positive regard. It doesn't have to be kindness. I suppose in the terms that we've spoken about already, in terms of actually going out your way to do something without um, without any kind of obvious benefit to you um, but if you treat people with a, a standard and you treat them at that standard because it's right for you it's not about actually always about what's right for them but it's because it's right for you then you know, I think you can proceed pretty confidently um, yeah I mean but I think what, that it's what would you do in a situation so I'll give you another very solid example so I would be manager on the shift in a restaurant and um, a person would call me and saying that they're sick or throwing up or whatever, and they're not gonna come to work. And then, so you being, you, you being understanding and kind and you know, a good boss and you say, okay, I understand, no problem, take your time, uh, get better, you, know, you come back when you're good. Then you have another person not come to work because they don't do 
that didn't do something. I don't know. They said my dog died or whatever. And you're being kind and you just say, yes, I understand your dog died. Don't come to work. And uh, you don't have to because, you know, your, your dog died. And then, uh, you know, people start taking notice that you can, uh, they can use that kindness of you and understanding and empathy to, uh, to just getting away with not showing up to work. And, uh, and, and not even talking about being weak, but just how do you protect yourself for that? So you, you can still be kind, but you're protecting yourself from people misusing this. Because it's just, you end up having no people to work with. Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my personal experience, and, and I don't know if this, is, if this applies more broadly, right? But um, a lot, that's what a lot of people said to me when we introduced fully flexible working. And um, one of the things that we cited, that I always cited, was actually that if an employee came to me and said that they needed a day off because it was, you know, even their grand's birthday or something like that, that I would actually probably give it to them, assuming that they have the wherewithal to have thought about how they ask <laughs> is, a, is an appropriate part of that. Um, but also, you know, mitigating the factor. So, you know, saying that I need to take this day off, but I'm, you know, I can catch up on the work on Monday or whatever. Um, because I really believe that so much more in life is important than work itself and that if I as their 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 boss don't afford them those life pleasures then they won't be able to be happy at work and they won't give their full self to work at all so it's actually completely selfishly in my interest to be kind to them because it creates them being in a much better state of mind when they're at work I've never ha I've never been in a position where anyone's abused it and that's just my like actual real life experience of it is that when you set those expectations and you set a peer expectation as well, I've never actually had anyone uh, break that. And if they did, then you just you make it clear to them that this isn't the space, this isn't the environment for them. Um, you know, if it's if it's consistent. Um, but I think if you treat everyone with unconditional positive regard, then you are able to at least engage in a conversation with them without blaming them. You know, letting them know that there's a pattern of behaviour here. I, I've got to just say something there. You brought something up for me. Um, I mean, one of the things for me underlying everything is the idea of justice. There has to be justice. And, mm -hmm. and, and you, you know, when you're talking about, I think it was Alan was saying, how do you stop this something from, from being abused? Like, I remember a, a thing when I, when I went to Pakistan once and, uh, you know, and I would see all these people, beggars there and, you know, you felt so bad and, I would, you know, I'd give, you know, like whatever it was, five rupees and would, there you go. And some kid would come up and my, my cousin next to me went, well, okay, I'm warning you, don't give it to that person there. I goes, no, 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 I need to give it. Look at her, look at the state of her. And he goes, all right, okay, go ahead. Two minutes later, another kid comes <laughs> to the car and same situation. I went, okay, right, there we go. And then another one comes around. And another one, I mean, what's going on? He goes, just look down that alleyway. They go back, they tell their pals, right, we've got a sucker there. We've got that guy there. Come on, come on. And they would all basically tell each other and they would all come over and they would all come up. Now, I, I, I think from my point of view, I thought I was being very kind and generous. 
But finally, I realized this is a business for them. And they, they're telling everybody else. And then they're coming. And at what point do I go, whoa, hang on, uh, and get wise to that and say, look, there has to be some justice here. Now you're, now you're taking the, the Michael, whatever. And um, so I guess, I guess that's where, you know, my, my brain has to kick in. Uh, and, I, and also I have to be kind to myself and not drain my battery. And, and even like, you know, in a lot of the jobs that people do, I mean, you know, Tim, if you're gonna do bereavement counseling or somebody else is doing whatever, you know, that's one of the first rules that you need to look after yourself and your heart as well, that you don't drain yourself um, giving to all these other people. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that, you know, I, I, I think, if you're in the caring profession, you have to realize you can give, and but you can, you know, you also have to give back to yourself. And if you don't, you'll you'll drain the battery completely, and that's kind of important. So I don't know. I guess for me, there's an underlying idea of justice, and whether that justice is a natural justice, or whether it's something that you have to uh, intellectually think right here's a boundary, and this is this is what it is. I, I'm not sure, but I think there has to be some kind of justice, and that includes justice for yourself, whether you call it being kind to yourself or being just to yourself. Um, uh, I think that's, that's kind of important. Yeah, and it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Talking about work and kindness in the same sentences. They don't, you know, historically, they weren't two things that went together. And it's only really in the last 10, 15 years we've started to think about, does kindness have a place in the, in the workplace? Um, and it's interesting as well, I think the different kinds of settings make it an interesting conversation because what Alan's describing are, are places of work where you need a requisite number of people to deliver a, a particular job and if you don't have those people then things start to fall apart whereas some of us work in more elastic settings where you know there is no immediate need for that report to be done or you know that, that paper on examining something or other um, or other kinds of jobs where things can move about around people's needs but yeah, and, and Nadim, you kind of beat me to it in this idea of, of fairness and equity in the workplace that if somebody takes advantage, then their colleagues around them suffer because they have to pull that weight. And, um, you know, if that continues, then something generally cracks. But the way I've always approached it is that if you are open, you know, openly fair, about these things and, and you build a reputation and you build a team environment where people don't want to let each other down then the ones who try and take advantage very quickly realize that this is not the place for them and they're either pushed or they jump um, and, and there's always appeared to me to be a tiny naughty corner if you like and, it, and you know there's been business studies around that as well and, you know and it in the 90s there was quite a lot of business analysis that looked at you know if you're going to deliver a, a business on the basis of believing in the merit of people working hard you're generally dealing with you know 95 98 percent of your workforce want to deliver the best they can the other three to four percent will try and take advantage but they they, they don't last long anywhere so for me, it's always been about managing in a way that 
looks at the positive and, and deals positively with that 90 something percent rather than setting up rules and regulations to deal with the tiny minority of people who, who aren't playing along because life's just much more pleasant that way for everybody. Um, but I, I, I wanted to just raise this in a, in a less work oriented discussion, I suppose, and, and to see what people think about kindness being almost an, an absence of unkindness and, and how that's quite a good start if we're, if we're thinking, you know, I don't have space or energy or material things to give, so generosity is quite difficult for me at the moment, is a good place to start by, by not making that comment that's, you know, critical or unnecessary or trying not to snap back at somebody when things get a bit fraught. Because this is what I've, I've got in our family at the moment. We've got two children, six and eight. And, um, and one of them is, is quite hurtful in the comments that they make. And it's almost like they don't know they're doing it sometimes. And it's picked up from some of the school behaviours of their peers. And it's also in quite a lot of... I've, I've been quite upset to realise this, actually, that there's quite a lot of fiction that's designed for six, seven, eight and onwards. And the characters in it are, are just not happy cheery childish characters anymore they're you know they're how black the world is and wanting to take it out on people mm. um, and it, and it's been quite disappointing to see some of that picked up as opposed to some of the helpful behaviors but for us it's a start what we're trying to do is say right and it goes back to what you bruce said earlier about you know you've nothing good to say don't say anything that mm. <laughs> although that's an old thing that our grannies used to say it's actually quite true you know, the, the, the absence of a negative comment is a great place to start. Um, but that's quite hard. When you really start seriously trying to have, like you were saying, unconditional positive regard and always see the value in somebody without them doing anything, that it's useful to start there and say nothing if you're not going to say something positive. Um, is that enough? Is it? Is it? Would it help? What do you reckon? I definitely think that um, at times, like exactly as you said, Tim. You know, kindness could be things like um, you know, saying things a bit differently, or sometimes it's actually just about listening. Being, you know, actually, I just think you know, listening is probably one of the kindest things we can do for 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 people, um, particularly when through like social media, we're always on like project mode all the time that we, we have no idea if anyone's listening. They might read it or like it or whatever, but we have no idea if they're listening to it. Um, and so I think that those are things that we can all adopt more of. Um, I think that, I think you could probably be passive, right? Where you're not being kind or unkind. I think you could maybe be, but then it depends which the context because passive could be perceived as very unkind in the wrong context. Um, so there is definitely situational as well. Then. Um, I think that more often than not, if you, if you can do something positive for someone, then 
particularly when it's a, if it's you know it's things that are so easy to do you know like letting someone finish their sentence or you know whether it's um telling someone you know a positive thing about themselves you know a compliment something they did well or that you uh, really liked that they did something or whatever it might be you know these are all small everyday things i think that kindness is like and it's infectious so the more kind we are to people the kinder they feel and they want to give it back and i, I definitely think it's one of these things is when you know even when uh, reminiscing about when people have been kind to us in a long time ago is that if that stayed with you and and, and come out you know very um, consciously now but how many times unconsciously has it come out over your lifetime based on that experience i wonder um and how often do we actually carry these things without even realizing and and so i think that you could be onto that something there to me you know if we're not being kind are we just being unkind i'm throwing it straight back at you <laughs> yeah i agree with that, sometimes it's better not to say anything. My example would be, uh, so my girlfriend uh, has this thing where she occasionally or quite uh, often drops something. She's a little bit clumsy. And the whole family would point that out and unkindly make comments, critical comments about it. And she would feel very uh, self-conscious about it, sometimes even to the point where it's really playing on her um, confidence. So um, when this happens in our house, she drops something, she breaks a glass, or she spills a coffee, or she burns something. Um, I just give her a hug and say nothing. And because I know she said that to me many, many times, that this actually is something that is really playing on her confidence. Um, I, I know I get um, to showing her basically that kind of understanding, it's okay, um, and not saying anything about it, and maybe additionally giving that hug, it really gives her this kind of safety, this comfort, and it makes all the difference. So yeah, I think that's that's to the point of not saying, the making that nasty comment about how you see you're dropping this, you're doing this wrong, blah, 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 being critical. I must admit, I, I, you know, this has made me think of, you know, just performance as well. And, you know, what Tim was saying, you know, how do you get somebody to realize that it's better to be kind uh, than be unkind uh, or a young child and, um, there's things that, you know, a lot of ancient wisdom that have, you know, I remember that there's a saying, uh, you know, even a smile is charity. Mm -hmm. And I remember somebody doing this experiment. They said, look, just go around with a smile. Just smile at everybody that you see in the day. And then one day don't do that and see what difference you get. And that you actually, you, you there's just much more positivity that you get back. And even a child could probably be taught to see, listen, just, just try that. Just smile at everybody as an experiment and see how things and see what equal reaction you get back. And, um, you know, so I think there's, the, and you know, and I, and I think about what Angelo Dundee said about, look, you can be critical, but it's better to be nice. And he's, this, this is the guy that trained 
Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Leonard and these heavyweight champions. So, and it, if he doesn't know about coaching and how to get the best out of people, and he's talking about using kindness, then I don't know who else is. Um, and, and the last thing I was just thinking, which funny enough, I was just just taking on in the last so a week or two, and then it's weird that this conversation has come up, and it's the 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 Socratic questions, I think they call it, and it's like before you open your mouth, you know, is it true? Is it necessary? And is it kind, or is it is it kind and is it necessary? These three, and actually, I don't think that's a bad way to to live your life and 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 see whether you know. I mean, okay, it's true. Okay, well, okay, maybe true, but do you really need to see it? <laughs> And is it is it nice to see it? Is it what is it kind to see it? So I guess that's uh, that's a for me that's a a good sort of standard to live by. And I think um, you know not only will you get more out of life by using those concepts and those ideas, but I think other people will get more out of it. And maybe what you get out of it is what you get back from the world. So I, I guess that's for me. I think kindness is also about performance and yeah and, and nurturing not just for others but for yourself as well you know how will you be using your power of kindness and generosity thank you gentlemen for your feedback your stories your heartfelt uh, explanations about the impact of the power of kindness and generosity Join us in 2021 in season two of the Genuine Men's Chat Show podcast and Zoom Lives, now focusing on fatherhood. Share, like, and follow the Genuine Men's Chat on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the Genuine Men's Chat Facebook group to join other men in the discussion of uh, being genuine men and fatherhood in 2021. Our motto this year is many men, many conversations. Have you taken your seat at the table yet? See you in 2021.